Hello and welcome to the April edition of Capital Yarns, the podcast. My name's Sean Costello, coming to you uh, from the newly improved Capital Yarns Milk Crate Studios, otherwise known as the uh, garage area of my home. If for those that are listening for the first time, Capital Yarns is an experiment in storytelling uh, where I invite social media users and friends and family to nominate three items for me to weave into a short fictional story set in Canberra, the capital of Australia. So I've got my children with me again for this month's podcast. Hi, I'm uh, And we've agreed that we're going to refer to you as Older One. Older One, you want to say hello? Hi. And B. Is that right? Say hi, B. How about like... Be awesome. Be awesome sounds yeah, good. Yes, so I'm B and then I'm awesome, but it's kind of like be awesome. So I like that. I like I'm that. Be awesome. So, Older One and B, last month, the March edition of Capital Yarns, we talked about what story you'd like to hear next because you guys are involved in the podcast all this year. And you said you wanted to hear Anzac Day, which is a story I wrote set on or around some of the themes of Anzac Day, not on Anzac Day, but themes of Anzac Day. It was inspired by three items nominated by a friend of ours. Cameron, who asked for a trilby hat, Men and Gate at Midnight, which is a famous painting at the War Memorial here in Canberra, and Bunyip. We're going to hear in a minute read wonderfully by Peter, but is there anything you wanted to share about why, maybe starting with the older one, you thought this would be a good story to do next? Um, well, in April is Anzac Day, so I always thought that's a really good connection because the story's name is Anzac Day, and... and um, and that he's in April, but um, I think I find Anzac Day a very somber event. Um, what is a trilby hat? So it's a hat. It's sort of an older style hat. Um, I'm not sure if they still wear them today, but it's a very traditional style of hat. And you also said the Medigate at midnight. Is that a what is that? Is that a painting, a sculpture, so that's a, a building? Famous, famous painting here in the War Memorial in Canberra. Be awesome. Is there anything you wanted to share about Anzac Day before we hear the story? Well, it's a wonderful celebration that um, is actually quite sad some sometimes, but it can be to show how people have stood up for us to try and save. We talked yesterday about how the awfulness of war can impact not only on the people who are there in the war, but also on the generations that come after them. This is a little bit sort what the story's like about. When you get hit by a bullet, it injures you. And then sort of like the blood is seeping through like a book. Like if you, in your story, your blood spurts on the page and then it will spread through. That's a really nice way of describing it. Um, the pages. And that's a little bit of a theme to this story. So let's hear it read wonderfully by Peter and then we'll come back and have a chat afterwards. Brian stared down at his great-grandfather's trilby hat, running his fingers around the dark felt rim. It's okay if he takes it, he's a good boy, said his wife Judy. Brian sighed and nodded. Rowan was a good boy, but this hat meant so much to the Allen family. I know, it's just, if something was to happen to this hat, Brian drifted away, once again lost in his thoughts, thoughts of loss and grief so many years ago. Judy walked over and sat next to him on the edge of the bed. It'll be okay. It means something to him too. At least it would if you told him why. This time Brian sighed without nodding. He wasn't sure if he agreed. He was so young. But before they could talk more, Rowan came bounding into the room. Can I, Grandad? Can I? Can I take the hat for show and tell? Brian glanced at Judy before looking back at Rowan. Maybe. 
Brian put his arm around the child and drew him closer. I was just chatting to Grandma about it. You're ten years old now, old enough to hear a story Grandad needs to tell. It's the story of our family, at least the males in it. It's the story of your great-great-grandfather Rowan. I'm named after him. Yes, you are, except he was Irish and spelt his name with a W. Is this story like the bunyip who ate Canberra? No, Rowan, it's different to that. You don't like that story, do you, Grandad? Brian smiled. No, not really, but this is a different type of story. I think I have to take you out for this one. Let the story tell itself. I'll check with your mum and dad if we can go tomorrow. Rowan jumped with joy. Judy shot Brian a worried look. The next day, Brian arrived early to collect Rowan from his parents' house in Turner. Rowan's father, Robert, was waiting as Brian walked up the stairs towards their front door. What do you got in store for him, Dad? Same thing you did for me at his age? Rowan was not yet in sight. Yes, something similar. Maybe you'll get the answer right. Brian grinned, nudging his son in the ribs. Robert smiled briefly before growing seriously once more. He's only ten years old, Dad. Scaring the hell out of him is not going to teach him anything. Well, it taught you plenty. Brian met his son's eyes and serious look. Robert paused before responding. Maybe. He looked at his father for a moment longer before turning his head inside. Rowan, Grandad's here. A moment later, Rowan appeared, a big grin on his face. Story day! He grabbed Brian's hand. Take care of him, Dad. Robert watched as the two disappeared quickly down the stairs. Where are we going first on our story trip, Grandad? You'll find out soon enough. Brian smiled down at his grandson as they entered the car. At the end of this trip, I want you to tell me what today is about. And then we'll see about you taking that hat to school. Okay? Got it. Shortly afterwards, Brian stopped the car outside a small building. What's this place, Grandad? What does it look like? Grandad asked gently. They exited the car and Rowan stood quietly next to Brian, both of them looking at the structure before him. It looks like an outdoor church. Brian nodded. Very good, that's exactly what it is. This is the Changi Chapel. It was built by prisoners of war in Singapore in 1944. Do you know what a prisoner of war is, Rowan? Yes, said Rowan hesitantly. I know there were two big wars. He trailed off before stopping. Brian put his arm around him. There's no shame in telling someone you don't know something, Rowan. A prisoner of war is someone who has been captured by the enemy and held captive. Such prisoners are often treated quite badly, and some even die while held prisoner. Many Australians were held prisoner during the Second World War in Singapore, and some of them built this chapel. Rowan nodded. Can I look more closely? Yes, you can. Rowan walked underneath the wooden roof that provided some shelter to the otherwise open chapel. Brian had been here many times, but despite that, and the relative simple nature of the chapel he found it a sombre place. Rowan stood leaning slightly on the green gate in front of the chapel before again turning to his granddad. OK, I'm ready for the next stop. His earlier enthusiasm already seemed to have drained out of him. You sure? 
Brian wasn't sure exactly what he would do if his grandson wanted to end things now. Yep, I'm sure. The two quietly made their way back to the car and Brian drove the short distance to the next stop. The second stop was a brief one and they didn't even get a chance to get out of the car. Brian pulled up in front of a tall metal fence behind which Rowan could barely make out some buildings. We can't stop here long. Someone will ask us to move on, probably. But this is the Embassy of the United States of America. Do you know what an embassy is? Rowan nodded. It's like a small part of a country inside another country. So people from that country have somewhere to go. Yes, the people and government of the United States have looked out for Australians for a long time, Rowan. This place may not look inviting, but they've been good to us. And they made the Simpsons. Yes, Brian sighed. That too. Let's continue. As they drove, Brian continued his story. I took your father on this tour once when he was about your age, you know, Rowan? Rowan nodded. Yeah, he told me. But this next stop wasn't around when I did that tour. Brian brought the car to a stop and Rowan followed him out of the car. Brian paused on a grassy knoll between two structures. On our left, Rowan, is the National Police Memorial. Brian gestured towards a triangular-shaped structure to their left. It pays tribute to police officers who have been killed on duty or have died as a result of their duties. Brian turns to his right, watching Rowan's eyes. And this is the National Workers' Memorial. It honours those who have lost their lives at work. The eight stone columns are positioned to reflect the outline of Australia, and the ripples you can see coming out for them is to show the ongoing impact that work-related loss has. Again, after some minutes of reflection, the two were back in the car. Rowan hadn't wanted to look at the memorials up close, preferring to stare at them from a distance. Brian wondered if this was all too much for him. They seemed to be spending more time in the car than looking at the memorials. He parked the car further up Windory Drive and led Rowan up a flight of stairs. I know this place. Some of his earlier enthusiasm was returning. This is Anzac Parade. Mum and Dad have taken me here. Brian smiled. Okay, you tell me about this one. Rowan spoke confidently. This is a road to commemorate the wars fought by Australians and our special bond with New Zealand. Anzac stands for Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, which began with the war at Gallipoli. Brian nodded. Very good. Did you know the parade was completed in 1965, in time to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the Anzac landing at Gallipoli? Yep, and there are small memorials along either side. Up the top is the big war memorial. Brian nodded. Let's go and have a look, shall we? The two walked past a number of memorials on their way up to the war memorial, pausing briefly at several, including the Australian Army National Memorial, the Royal Australian Air Force Memorial, and the Australian Service Nurses National Memorial. Brian paused for some time in particular at the Australian Vietnam Forces National Memorial. As they entered the War Memorial building, Brian knelt down next to Rowan and looked at him in the eye. We could spend days, even weeks, exploring this place, Rowan, and I'd like to come back with you another time and do that. Perhaps we could come here for the dawn service on Anzac Day. That's when they play the trumpet. 
Yeah, well, sort of. It's a bugle, but yes, they play the last post very early in the morning before the sun has even risen. Wow! Rowan looked impressed. But you've seen a lot today, and there's something in particular I want to show you. Brian took his grandson's hand and led him into a darkened room. This building is the nation's memory of all Australians who've died or participated in the wars of the Commonwealth of Australia. In this room, there is a particular picture I want to show you that, for me, tells the story, the best of all the memorials we've seen today. The room was very quiet, and Brian felt Rowan squeeze his hand a little tighter. This room reminds me of Changi Chapel, said Rowan. Brian considered for a moment. Yes, me too. With his free hand, Brian gestured to a large painting on the wall, lit by spotlights in the otherwise almost completely dark room. The painting depicted a large white gate in the background, with a large field of poppies in the foreground. A dark and foreboding sky completed the deeply sombre nature of the painting. Those flowers look like ghosts, Grandad. Brian nodded. Rowan, in many ways, this painting tells the story of our family. Your great-great-great-grandfather, also called Rowan but with a W, fought and died near this place. This is the Menin Gate in Belgium, where many battles were fought during the First World War. Many Australians, like your grandfather, were killed here. This painting and the memorial it shows were created to ensure we never forget it. But we didn't remember Rowan well enough. And 20 years later, the world was at war again. And Rowan's son Patrick was killed in Africa. But he too had a son before he died. And his name was Jack. Jack was my father. Jack fought in a war too. But he survived and he died just before you were born. Your father and I have been lucky enough not to fight in wars. But that doesn't mean we should forget the sacrifices these men and women made. The choices they made to fight for what we believe in meant that they didn't get to see their children grow up, to see their wedding days or meet their grandchildren. Experiences my children and I have had, perhaps because of the gifts they gave us. Experiences I hope you too have, without the awfulness of war. Rowan stared up at the painting for many minutes, still holding Brian's hand. he spoke. I know what today's about, Grandad. What's that, Rowan? Brian knelt down to hear the words. The boy paused before answering, looking up into his grandfather's weathered face. Sacrifice. Brian tried to smile, but he was also aware of the small tear slowing down his cheek. He brushed it away. Yes, Rowan. His voice was choked with emotion. That's just what today was about. He took a deep breath before hugging his grandson. You can take the hat to school. Rowan smiled up at Brian. Thanks, but I don't think I will. I want you to keep it safe, and when I'm old enough, I'll take good care of it too. 
The two travelled silently back to Rowan's house. As they began to walk up the stairs towards Rowan's front door, Brian put his arm around Rowan. You did well today, son. Shall I read you that Alexander Bunyip book? Rowan looked up at him. Why don't you like that book, Grandad? Because I don't think it should be a story about Canberra. It's a story about someone coming from outside, not liking this place, and destroying it. Canberra is a wonderful place, and a place where such important buildings have been constructed. I don't want to read about someone coming in and destroying them for no reason. I want to read about them for being celebrated and cherished and loved. Rowan smiled. You're right, Grandad. Tell me that story instead. So that was Anzac Day read by Peter, a very sombre tale trying to evoke some of that Anzac spirit. Uh, And as we said at the top of the show, April in Australia is uh, when we celebrate Anzac Day. B, an older one, was there anything you wanted to share about your um, response to that story or things you're learning at school about what the Anzacs did? B first. Is there anything you're learning? I think B said you'd learned quite a a bit about some of the things discussed in that story just last week at school. So down in the story, there was like lots. So when we heard it, um, the the week before, I was actually told all of that information that you just learned in that book. Um, And I was actually quite surprised because I was like, I knew that. <laughs> so what are the, some of the things you're learning about at school? At the um, one of the things was about how, what ANZAC stands for. Um, and it actually stands for Australians, New Zealanders, um, Army Corps. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's both Australians and New Zealanders fighting together, which we've done for um, many generations now. Yes. Big J, older J, you've just done an assignment on Amens. There. Is there anything you want to tell us about what you've learned about Amens in France? Well, Amens has actually had a big part in the First World War. So in case you didn't know, Amens is located in France, in the um, northern of France. Uh, in World War One, there was a st- there was the um, Allies fighting against the Germans. So the Germans had invaded Amens, and then our Allied forces were fighting to... Um, get them out of our men's because it was a very critical place. And so that part of France still sort of commemorates the sacrifice that Australians made to free the people of, of northern France, yeah? Yeah, yeah so um, because there's a lot of diary entries from British commanders and a lot of them say, without the Australians and New Zealanders, we would have watched, we would have lost World War One. So it was a very uh, big part of the war. It was a critical battle. Yeah. I've got a question that I'm just going to put out there. Um so on Anzac Day, the last post is played um, at the very beginning of the ceremony at dawn. Why is that played? Is that because that's when they have to get up, the soldiers have to get up, or is that because... Well, I think in some, in some parts of France, the last post is played every every day, um, and throughout Anzac Day, it's played at various times. Um, but it's increasingly been used in funeral and memorial services as a final farewell, symbolising the duty of the dead. Um, basically, the duty of the dead is over, uh, and that they can now rest in peace. But also, it could have also been that they're trying to make it so it's at the very start of the day to commemorate that everyone knows the rest of the day and the rest from then on, so they can do it as early as... Sort of sets the tone, yeah. yeah. And the dawn service is but, is but one of the many um, ceremonies that we commemorate Anzac Day with, but it's a particularly uh, moving and sombre one um, that your mum and I have been to here in Canberra, and one day we should go as well. 
I think maybe what we might talk about now is what which yarn you guys would like to hear next month. So it'll be May when we come back for the next month's edition. Have you actually written a story about your birthday in May? Have I written a story about my birthday? I don't think I've written a story about my birthday. Is that my challenge before May? Should yes. I try and write a story about turning 40? Yes. Will you guys help? Yes. All right. How about that? How about we try and come back in May with a story somehow linked to my birthday? We'll have to find some items. So are you guys requesting the story oh, then? So what yes, are the okay. items? So my birthday is one of them, yep. 1978. 1978, year of my birth. And little B, have you got an item you'd like to add including there? Well... I'm thinking chocolate. Chocolate. As you're <laughs> chewing on the last of your Easter chocolate as we talk, that sounds that sounds appropriate. All right, so we'll try and come back in May with a story we might do all together involving my birthday, 1978, and chocolate. I like it, team. Very good. Well, we'll see you next time with a scrunch with a who, who do we, jam-packed. Jam-packed. Very good. Who do we have to thank? Me. Me. Thank you. Thank you both. We also have to thank Hashimoto for supplying the theme music. Right. We have to thank you for writing the story. Oh, we don't have to worry about thanking me. Um, good Peter, luck. Peter, Peter, for, Peter for reading it. Story. And I also wanted to wish all the podcasters that are nominated for the Australian Podcasting Awards good luck. See you next time, guys. Ha <laughs> ha